Welcome, Minifiners. If this is your first time joining us, then the Minifinies podcast is a place where you are invited to expand your God box with many epiphanies and embrace spirituality over religion through living the two greatest commandments, to love God and love others as we love ourselves. If we have not met, I am Alina Van Dyke, your podcast hostess, and I hope to bring new depths to your spiritual life. And by that, I really mean your daily life, because here, I believe that everything affects our relationship with God. Last week, we talked about being present, being aware, having our eyes open to see what's going on around us, and being careful of what we absorb. And I didn't quite say it in those words, but that's the quick recipe, so you can skip episode two if you want. That's it. Just be present, be aware, have your eyes open, and absorb what's going on around you, Um, and then be careful of what you absorb. With that as a backdrop for this episode... I'm going to talk about how it really is difficult to stay fully alive and fully engaged when we let ourselves fully feel what's going on around us. Once we choose to be open to our surroundings and we choose to have open eyes and open ears and be fully present to what's going on, then all of a sudden we realize the world can be a dark and scary place. And once we're heightened about that, it really can start to pull away at us and suck away at us. And so this week I I was looking for inspirational people and inspirational stories to really focus on this and find what I said at the end of the podcast last week, find the light in the midst of the darkness. And of course you can look to the Bible and you can look to those characters for that truth or look to Jesus. But I really wanted to look for some more modern stories, some more modern heroes, I guess, And I ended up reading The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. And if you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it. It's intense. Don't get me wrong. But it had so much hope. And Corey actually said almost exactly what I said just a second ago. She has a line in there where the light shines brightest in the the darkest places. Um, And so just noting that, it is so important that we ask God to help us to have his perspective on things. When we are aware of what's going on around us, then it's really easy to filter our surroundings and our circumstances through our little human lens and our selfishness and our flesh. And so the way I decided to tackle that feeling head on, that gut instinct to shut down or harden my heart or be numb, the way that I deal with that is to choose not to escape. It is so easy to escape into not thinking about things, turning off that thought of it being a scary world or something that bothered you or look the other way when somebody's treated poorly or something like that. And instead, if you made a commitment to yourself and to God and maybe even to your family, to somebody that is in your inner circle, to not be numb, to not escape, to not run to video games to shut off your brain, to not run to TV or run to something like that, but instead to be present when you're feeling uncomfortable things. And when you do this, then it really creates conversation with the Lord. If you take everything to him in the moment and you're like, Lord, what do I do about that? Or how do you feel about that? Or 
just say, I can't hold this. It's too heavy. You have to give me your eyes to see what's really going on because to me it looks really awful. And I know that you are good and that you are bigger than what's going on in my little world. So speak into it, breathe into it, show me what you see that I am missing. It will change everything. Reading about Corey Ten Boom reminded me of the book of Esther. If you don't know the book of Esther well, then the short version is that a young girl is collected with many, many others to go through the beauty regiment and be prepared to potentially be chosen by the king as the future queen, as his bride. And Esther finds favor with the king among all the other women, and she's chosen to be queen, but she is Jewish, and no one knows that she is, and she has been adopted by her uncle, and her uncle is always standing at the gate. He loves her dearly, and every day he goes by the gate to check on her and see how things are going before she's chosen and after when she's queen. And he is loyal to the king while he's also loyal to his Judaism, loyal to the Lord. An evil man comes in the kingdom and rises to power underneath the king. And he is really frustrated with Esther's uncle and the way that he um, doesn't bow down to him because of his Jewish laws. And so it ends up creating this entire issue where the evil man plans a genocide and wants to kill all of the Jews in the land. And when the uncle comes, his name is Mordecai, to Esther, to the gate, and tells her what's going on, Esther says basically there's nothing that she can do. She could talk to the king, but he hasn't called her in to speak with her in a long time. And her uncle says to her, do not think that while you are in the safety of the palace that you will be saved from being murdered like the rest of us. And it might be telling that you have been placed in such a position of not necessarily power, but power and influence over the king um, for such a time as this. In Corey Ten Boom's life, she didn't really think of herself as necessarily somebody with a lot of influence. She was just in a quiet watchmaker shop with her family and didn't really think of herself as a powerful person. And yet when everything fell apart in her city, she realized that she was good friends with all of the people that had lived there. Their family had been established and had had a business for over a hundred years. She knew everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people well and had deep roots with them to know who was good and who was loyal and who was Christian and who she could depend on. And at the same time, she had the Lord to speak through her. And so she partners with the Lord to make a huge difference in the lives of many, many, many people. And Esther does the same thing. She replies to Mordecai when he says, you've been put in this position for such a time as this. And she decides to fast and ask all of the other Jewish people in the city to fast for three days, no food or water. And she decides that she'll go to the king, even though it might cost her her life. She has to put her life on the line in order to save many, many, many people. Both of these women, Corey and Esther, triumphed and conquered over their circumstances by the blood of the lamb being their faith. For Corey, she believed in Jesus, but for Esther, that would have been a faith walk to say, Lord, I know that we're 
the chosen people and I need you to intervene, which is the same prayer that Corey would have prayed. And by the word of their testimony, because they loved not their lives even unto death. What a phrase to say that we would choose to die to ourselves, to put our lives on the line so that we could make a difference in the Lord's vision, the Lord's kingdom, and what he has planned. To stand as a light in the midst of such darkness. Both of them did that, but we can do that today. Whether that's in small ways or big ways, we have no idea why the Lord has placed us in the positions, in the jobs, in the families, in the communities, in the cities that he has placed us in. And so then I, I wonder, here's Corey, here's Esther, who had no idea what was coming. They had no idea what was going to be 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the line. And yet the Lord orchestrated their lives so that at the right time, in the right moment, they had exactly what they needed. They were in the right place with the right relationships in order to make a choice that they could make a difference or not. And I am looking at the world around me thinking, Lord, set us up, set me up for success 10, 20, 30 years from now. I think many of us are so in the moment of our lives especially when we're young, we think it's all about now. And I, I heard a very wise pastor one day say that he, he really looks at the long, God looks at the long plan, at the trajectory of your life, and he's preparing you for what's 20 years from now, 50 years from now when you're young. And I thought, gosh, that's so true. I really have been through a lot of suffering, a lot of painful things. Um, and it makes me wonder, than what he's been preparing me for. I believe the Lord takes our unique journey, our formation that he's created over the course of our lives, and he places it in a specific community in order to make a specific impact on the people and the city around us. And then I think that last, he gives us direction and action and steps, step by step, what he wants us to do. For Esther, he gave her an amazing mentor and father that would check on her every day, tell her what was going out going on outside the walls. Once she was queen and she's inside the palace, she can't really leave. She can't even walk out to meet him. And so you get that impression she can't leave the palace chambers. And so he becomes a messenger to her to tell her what's going on with the people. If he wouldn't have done that, if he wouldn't have been checking on her every day, if he wouldn't have had good relationship with her where she could trust him and rely on him for insider information, then she wouldn't have been able to do what she was going to do. The Lord placed Esther in a specific family. And he did the same thing with Corey. I was thinking about her. And again, if you don't know the story, you'll have to go read it. But just about how her older brother really had a gut instinct about what was going on in the Nazi regime way before... It was public way before it was happening. He was one of the forerunners kind of figuring things out in their family. And yet he also placed her in a family where every morning they read the Bible together. Her sister, the stories about Betsy are incredible, just her perspective on things and how they would be talking. And Corey would be saying something about how she was worried about the prisoners in the camp, in the concentration camp, in the work camp, and how they were going to need healing when this was all over. 
And her sister would reply something about how, yeah, her heart was so broken. They were really going to need healing. And then later it would dawn on Corey that she was talking about the prisoners and that her sister that just exuded so much love um, was actually talking about the guards and how they were going to need so much healing for what they were doing. And so it just, it just really dawned on me looking at both stories that the family and the community that the Lord has placed us in are crucial for our third part, the next steps of what we do and how we walk out our calling and our purpose in life. The people around you might be key players on the chessboard of life because the Lord has really put himself, I'll use Mike Bickle's phrase, actually, he's the one that says this, in a divine checkmate where it looks like all the odds are against him and then he has a completely different plan and he's able to win when it looks like it is impossible. Armed with those two weapons, our personal history, our personal walk with the Lord, our faith, and then the community that he has placed us in, I really think that's the perfect recipe that the Lord has created in your soul in order to lead you to part three. And for Esther, part three was using her voice. When she put her life on the line and had to go to the king, she had to use her beauty, her place in the palace to host dinners for this evil man, Haman, and the king and kind of schmooze them and then tell the king what was really going on. And um, so she used all of the tools at her disposal and then used her voice to actually tell him, create the right environment and atmosphere to deliver the message and then actually deliver the message. And for Corey, as there is a time to speak and a time to be silent, Corey did not speak. Instead, she was working with the underground and doing things in complete silence, preferably where no one could hear. All of us have a different role in the kingdom. The eye can't be the foot, the foot can't be the hand, the heart can't be the lungs. We have a specific place. And there are so many different pieces of the puzzle that only the Lord can see when it comes to the unique way that he created you and sewed you together in your mother's womb. So while I can't tell you what you will do with your life and what kind of vessel the Lord is creating you to be, what I can tell you is that it's time to be curious. It's time to reflect back on your life and reflect on your community and say, is this where the Lord wants me? What have I yet to learn? What kind of lesson or story is it ready to be passed on to the next generation? What do I have to share? What wisdom has been given to me through my path and through my journey and through my community that is now ready to be told or to be shared and if you don't quite feel ready yet and you just think, I'm still in the process of being made, then it's time to be curious still for you and say, what are you making me into? What do you want me to be aware of? What do you want my eyes open to? How can I be more present to what you are doing in my life, God, and how you are shaping me and shaping things? Let me be more grateful and appreciative for the community that you've surrounded me with. Thank you for these people that are helping prepare me alongside you for whatever it is that you have coming in the pipeline. And whichever camp you're in, most importantly, I think it is, Lord, don't let me run away. Don't let me escape. Don't let me 
run to comforts when you might be asking me to do something really big, really scary, really audacious, to to jump into a faith walk with you where the most important thing to me is hearing your voice and being near you. I want to draw near to you and not run away, not escape. If we are really making that the cry of our heart, then we could be the next Esther. We could be the next Corey Ten Boom. I really believe that every single one of us has the potential to choose that kind of dedication to the Lord, that kind of dedication to His way, that kind of dedication to His will. And if we are walking with Him, He is our protector, He is our shield. That is Psalm 91, that we would not fear the terror that comes at night, that we would not fear the arrow that flies by day, but that He would be our shield, that He would be the one that we trust, that He would be the one that we rely on. And so may that be true. May it be that as we draw near to Him and He calls us to do big, scary things, that we would lean into our daddy, lean into his chest and hear the cry of his heart and partner with him in his purposes in the earth. If this miniphany inspired you, if it gave you a mini epiphany, then I hope that you will share it with a friend, that you'll subscribe, that you'll comment on Facebook or Instagram or write me a little note on the blog. And if you're looking to learn more, the two books I referenced were Esther in the Bible and The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. I recommend it. So until next week, my friends, from the bottom of my soul, thank you so much for listening.